everybody. Welcome to the Third Line Plugs Sandscast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jensi. Tim, how's it going, sir? Uh, we got a snowstorm. When I was hearing, yeah, what's going on in Calgary, man? Like, first dump of the year? First dump of the year, yep. Yeah, we're supposed to get about six inches over the night. So Chelsea's out changing the tires, and I'm going to go shovel after we're done here. That's fair. That is fair. I mean, it is hard to believe that it's already the first time of the year, but correct me if I'm wrong, is you guys get it in, what, early, mid-October? Usually last week of October, first week of November. So yeah, like Chelsea is always like, yeah, I'd be doing Halloween trick-or-treat to get a snowsuit. Yeah, I guess growing up in St. Albert, it must have been a lot different for her than us growing up. On the oh, island. yeah. Well, the one that I always found that I found incredible is the year I lived in Toronto. It was like people were able to wear like short sleeved sort of uh, jerseys, sort of costumes. That's the word I'm looking for. Costumes. Yeah, we got there. I hope that's not an indictment of the quality of today's episode. Tim forgets half of his lexicon. No, but you know what, though? We are going to have a really good episode, and we're going to start by talking about our cover athlete for today's episode, Season 7, Episode 2, in chronological order, Episode 152, the Chris Bela edition of the Third Line Plug, Sensecast. So, just a little background with Chris Bela. He was drafted 58th overall by the Ottawa Senators in 1998. He went on to play six games for the Senators in the 2001-02 season, recording one assist. Remember him? Neither do we. Google suggested that I was actually looking for Chris Bala. Was it Bala? I thought it was Bala. Sorry. He played six games for the Senators. Wild. Hey, that's six more than we have, what we ever played, so. So true. So true. He must have been one of those, like, very small-time call-ups then, if he only played eight games. It looks like he spent most of his time between the AHL and the ECHL. Oh, so he played in Bingo? Uh, Ottawa and Bingo for like two years. And then he, yeah, like wasn't in the sense system for long. Yeah. How, how long did Binghamton have our minor league team? It was, they were there for a long time though. 2002. Really? To 2017. Yeah, only 15 years. Wow. Okay. You know what? That seems surprising. That's very surprising to me because I honestly thought that Bingo had our minor league team for long before them. Because I know that they went from like New Haven to PEI to other stops, but I thought Bingo was always. Well, no, I guess that's true. No, I guess Bingo had the Devils. The Bingos had the Devil system. Yeah. So what's interesting is there was a gap in senators ahl's team between 1996 and 2002 okay so i guess they just loaned their prospects to grand rapids right kind of like what the red wings are doing with the mighty ducks where they share the same system okay okay i mean i kind of get it i get why they were doing that if certain teams cannot afford to have their own minor league system they just sort of do both yeah or they don't they don't care to have an exclusive contract with one of the teams. No, but I think nowadays, I think every team has that now. Yeah, I can't think of one who doesn't, you know? Yeah, I can't think of any. 
stay with this next cover athlete for next week's episode season seven episode three in chronological order episode 153 it's gonna be the matthew pekka edition i forgot we saw that's a player i forgot existed yeah all i remember of matthew pekka was that i was watching it going like oh that reminds me of mike pekka i wonder if they're related and i never looked it up i always just kind of assumed that they were that'll be a mystery for next week for sure man for sure but what's not going to be a mystery is asking the question that I know our listeners love knowing every single week. Outside of the snowstorm, how's your week been going? Oh, pretty good. I had some friends over to play board games. Uh, other than that, not too much. Okay, what kind of board games are you guys playing? Uh, we have this basically 3D Scrabble. 3D Scrabble? What's that? Yeah, so you could play tiles over other tiles. And as long as the resultant word is legal... The resultant words where you change the tiles are legal. It's a legal play. Okay. Are they actual tiles or are they like dice? They're like tiles that you like. It's like a Scrabble tile, but it's got a hollow center so you can stack them. Oh, okay. So it doesn't have like the letters on the outside of it. Oh, it has like the letters. It has like the letter on top. And then you like stack the tiles. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I've never actually heard about 3D. Yeah, it's called Upwards. It's pretty fun. Okay. Okay, yeah, I'm just thinking, I don't know how 3D Scrabble would work, to be honest with you. I understand how the game of Scrabble works, but I think 3D Scrabble, it would get to the point where I could see, especially if it was my family, somebody would get pissed off because they're like, no, it's mine under yours, and this is what it is. I'm like, no, it's not. And it's just like a fight then breaks out. Well, no, the rules are, it's like you only score... You score on wordplay, so it doesn't matter who played it. Right. Okay, that's not too bad. Now, I do get to ask, like, growing up, like, what kind of board games did your family play, though? Uh, Were you guys a Yahtzee family? No. Really? There was some Monopoly, some Risk. See, Risk, I can see. I can see your family getting competitive over Risk. Yeah, card games, that sort of stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, you guys are East Coasters, man. You, <laughs> you and your car games and your, what was it? No, uh, Brit. It was a crib. Crib, yeah. Crib bridge, yeah. Yeah, we had a crib board at the wedding. Actually, you know that is true. I do remember that now. I don't know if I would ever be able to play 3D Scrabble because my vocabulary is not that great, but <laughs> yeah. So, Tim, you remember how in last week's episode? Because it was our Silver 7th season opener, I usually have an alcoholic beverage. Uh-huh. And I you did not. I was unfortunately feeling under the weather. I also do not have a beverage with me right now. Mm-hmm. One, because I don't really have any beers or anything in my in the house. I mean, I have hard alcohol, but I hardly, we don't even really drink that stuff, so. Fair. Yeah. But also, I mean, given how my weekend went it's probably a good thing with how tired i am right now that i'm not drinking fair because you had quite the weekend i really did i really did and i feel i should talk a little bit about it because you know what this is one of these weekends that i've been looking forward to for a little while now because it is katrina's my anniversary weekend our anniversary is actually tomorrow two years nice two years buddy it's really hard to believe that she puts up with my stuff (laughs) 
you know. But it's good though. It's good. So for our anniversary weekend, we decided to do another trip down to Seattle. This is going to nice. be our second trip in a month that we've gone down because we went down for the All Elite Wrestling pay per view, Wrestling Dream, which was really fun, and I'm so glad she actually talked me into buying tickets for that because. For Russell Dream, I was very on the fence because I knew that we were coming down in this weekend for the for the games. And she's like, listen, in no layman's terms, she says, listen, just get the tickets, book the room, do everything. Cause I know when we're at home watching the pay-per-view, you're gonna be bitching and complaining <laughs> that you didn't buy tickets. And I was like, Okay, yes, dear. So I bought the tickets. Good pay-per-view. Now we're talking about this weekend though. So on Saturday, Katrina and I, we traveled down to Seattle. So when we get to the second game of this evening, Wings versus Sens, I didn't get a chance to watch much of it because I didn't get any Wi-Fi on my phone. I tried. The phone wasn't really loading. So drove down, got into Seattle mid-afternoon. And this is something that I was talking with you about because, again, had we not been traveling all day, and had we actually eaten something, we wouldn't oh, have been tempted no. to eat at the restaurant in the hotel. And we're like, okay, whatever, we'll get something to eat, then we'll go to the Washington Huskies college game. So we ordered a burger. Burger comes, and I'm as soon as I look at the patty, I know it's not fresh. It's a, you can tell it's a store-bought frozen patty. Yeah. Not good, not good. It's not good. It's not good at all. But, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, well, listen, I'm starving and we haven't eaten yet. So, because I'm not an animal, I actually cut my burger in half. Because I'm also kind of (laughs) classy. As soon as I cut into it, I can see, like, just the liquid and crap coming out of it. I'm like, what the hell? And I'm looking at it. I pulled it apart. And it was still, like, partly red. And I was like... I was looking at the inside going like, uh, I don't know if this is good. And Katrina looked at her. She's like, yeah, same. I don't know. But we ended up Googling it. It says, okay, it looks like it should be fine to eat, whatever. Now, this is something that I didn't realize. I think this is something you mentioned is that when you were in Seattle, you asked for a burger. What was it? Medium? No. So what happened is the first time I went down to Seattle in 2010, I asked, I ordered a burger at the Cheesecake Factory. And uh, I know, I know, uh, life choices. But 23 Tim disapproves. The, the Cheesecake Factory, we could do a whole episode on that and we might later. But anyway, so the server asked me if, how I wanted my burger. I'm like, what do you mean? He asked, like, oh, like rare, well done. I'm like, you can serve anything other than well done because. When I took food safe years and years ago, hmm. the first thing that they showed us was like improper heating, especially of ground meats. So ground meats in Canada have to, they have to be cooked well done. Yeah. Like that is the law. And the example she used was Jack in the Box uh, had a promotion where they had rare burgers and they killed people. Yeah. Because no one is, yeah, beef tartare is very unsafe to eat yeah so i mean it's incredible that in washington state you can still get a rare burger because i believe the deaths happened in washington state that seems crazy to me because i know that we were actually talking about this later on and you said to me just yeah they have to ask 
they didn't ask us at all. They're like, okay, yeah, two burgers, this, that, and everything. Because being from Canada, I was just like, oh, yeah, whatever. I've never been asked. Comes back. And my gut feeling was we shouldn't have ate it. But I was like, okay, fuck it. Google says it's going to be fine. We'll eat it anyway. We got minor food poisoning because of this. <laughs> so our stomachs were upset the entire weekend. And I'll talk more about this when we get to the games. So the day that we are, Saturday. Katrina and I go to our very first college football game. Now, this is something that I always kind of wanted to do. I always wanted to go to... Oh, sorry. Can I go back to the Rare Burger thing? Yes. There was an E. coli outbreak because of these Rare Burgers in Seattle. 732 people got E. coli. Four people died. No, that's just brutal. Because I know we were talking about going for breakfast the next day. And then we were walking back because we took the train and the monorail and her and i were just like yeah we're going mm-hmm. somewhere else for breakfast we actually went to our favorite place it's called the portage bay cafe oh on terry avenue really good it's good good food it's their pancakes are like whole wheat like a whole wheat pancake not that bad but anyway so i got to go to my first college football game and this is something that i always kind of wanted to do anyway especially when you see like how big the teams and the southern united states are like the Alabamas and Georgias and Floridas and stuff like that. So up here in so up here in the Northwest, the Washington Huskies are the big team. Yeah, especially for Division One like big time college schools, it's going to be the Huskies. And so we go there, and it's the homecoming. So they're playing the Arizona Sun Devils or Arizona State, I should say. The atmosphere is amazing. Like I swear, for our listeners, all three of you, including Adam. Hey, Adam. If you ever get a chance to go see a college football game, especially like a big time college school, go to a game because that atmosphere is something else. Oh, wow. It is incredible. Like the the atmosphere is crazy. The fans are going crazy. The pageantry of the marching band and everything on the field was fantastic. There, there was a part where the marching band was on the field and they're doing their whole routine and they were spelling out UW. Oh, wow. Like, I remember saying to Katrina, I was like, how much time do you think they practiced that to get it perfect? Or do you think that because it's like an every They drill. They drill. Yeah. Good Lord. I mean, I can't even imagine. It must, I I must feel bad for like the drum line and the tuba players having that around their necks for ever. Which, by the way, Given this is my first college game, it was the one of the slowest games I've ever went to in <laughs> terms of sporting events. Like I've been to hockey, I've been to baseball, football, basketball, college football. Like we left at the fourth quarter because we were both like, "Okay, I can't do this anymore. My our stomachs are killing us. Let's go back to the hotel." The game started at seven thirty. They were still going until eleven. Oh wow! Eleven o'clock, the game ended. Like, we were in the train line waiting for the train when the game ended. And it was just like, dude, like, and it was just like watching molasses. I get that the pro game and the college games are so different. But I don't know. I, I well, thought- it's for college kids to drink. And then they, they go out to the bar or the frat house after, which is, well, that's what kids do, right? Yeah, I get it. I get it. But it is, I will talk about the, like, the atmosphere itself. It is great because, again, it's. A lot of it is college kids. You, but you do get a lot of alumnus and people who are fans and whatever. They come to the games. Oh. 
So for the Huskies, the one guy I want to talk about, Michael Penix Jr., who's the quarterback. So he's like one of the top ranked quarterbacks heading into this year's NFL draft. And even the guys at the hotel were telling us, oh, man, Michael Penix, he's such a great quarterback. This guy's going to be so good. His wide receivers have gotten better. I remember looking at Katrina and thinking, this guy is a top-ranked quarterback? Like, there were legit passes. He didn't come in or were close. Oh, wow. A wide receiver. I remember sitting there thinking, like, like I, I'm sure, like, the defense – like, the defense played really well, but there was two plays in this game where he threw – like, Michael Penix is so six feet tall, so everybody – like, he can't see over everybody, so he throws it. He's lefty, so he throws it. One of the defensive backs just puts his hand up, and it tips the fingers and got pecked off. Yeah, so you think that got – like, yeah, the NFL might just be stacked against him because all the linebackers are like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a different game when you get to the pros because you see some of the quarterbacks now are 5'11", 6'6", 1". Like, they can manage, but you need to make sure this guy is fully equipped to do it. Makes sense. Yeah. So, like I said, we left in the fourth quarter, and the Huskies were winning. They were winning. I think they were winning, like... So what the heck was it? it was like nine to six or whatever like they were winning which i actually one final funny story about the huskies game so the kicker for arizona state first field goal of the game he kicks it mm-hmm. does he score on it though of course not it's asu he hit the pole he hit the upright that's incredible oh you see the thing vibrate just like and it bounced off. He also hit another field goal, and I don't know what happened. I don't know if the place kicker missed it or the Huskies tipped it. Came nowhere close. It was really horrible. And then, of course, we end up leaving in the fourth quarter. We get into the train line at in the U district, and we're sitting there, or not sitting, we're standing there waiting for the train, and all of a sudden, all I hear is, yeah, yeah, they did it. What happened was that the Huskies picked off a pass and ran it back for a touchdown. So we were all in the train line, waiting for the train to come, and they scored. And I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. This whole game, we never game? saw one touchdown, and now this happens? I'm looking at this box score, and this looks like the most boring football game anyone's ever seen. I'm just yeah. going to read it out, and then we can move on to top of the hour, all right? Okay. First quarter. Arizona zero, Washington zero. Second quarter, Arizona with a touchdown, Washington a field goal. Third quarter, jack shit. Fourth quarter, Washington twelve, Arizona zero. Arizona is now one and six. Yeah, imagine losing to that. Oh my god, it's brutal. Like I do, like there is stuff in the Seahawks game, but we'll talk about that during the Red Wings game. So it's pretty good. But uh, yeah, all in all. I, I wished it was a better game, if I'm being honest. And maybe that's my perception of it. It could have been a better game. It looks like a bad game you went to. It was a bad game. It was a bad game. But I tell you, it wasn't, what wasn't bad, Tim, is segueing to this little segment I like to call Top of the Hour. Nice.
So Tim, we're going to give a really big congratulations to Colorado Avalanche defenseman Kale McCarr, who became the fastest defenseman in NHL history to record 250 points in 241 games. Now, of all defensemen, Tim, you might think, well, who was the last youngest defenseman to reach that? Bobby Orr at 247. That's incredible. And that just goes to show you like how rare a point-per-game defenseman truly is. And Kale McCarr is doing it right off the bat in his his still young career. Yeah, like, you know, and we talk so much about, you know, these young guys coming into the NHL and even the last generation of players. Like, the that whole commercial thing they got going with the new gold era, we really are in it. We've mentioned yeah. this in the past. Like, when Kale McCarr is doing this, he's eclipsing a defenseman whose records a lot of people know will never be broken. Yeah, and the goaltenders are just better nowadays. Yeah. I know. Like, that's insanity. And he's already at 252. Yeah. I mean, barring injuries, I mean, there's some defenseman he can catch easily. Well, let, let's just put this guy's career into context. So he was born in, in 98, drafted in 2017. Since then he has one Stanley Cup, a Calder, an Art Ross, three-time All-Star, a Norris, and a Smythe. That's wild. Yeah, and to think, I mean, with all the young defensemen coming in the NHL, how many more Norris trophies is he going to win? Yeah, because there's going to be some stiff competition, man, especially with the Sandersons, Dolans, Quinn Hughes, all these young defensemen coming up in the NHL. Yeah, no, it's going to be tough. It is going to be tough. It is going to be tough. The St. Louis Blues have announced that Keith Tuchuk and Pavel Dimitra will be inducted into the Blues Hall of Fame. I do like that the St. Louis Blues did the video with Brady and Matthew to tell their dad that he's going into the, their Hall of Fame. That's that's so cute. And, yeah. like, it's deserved. Like, Matt, when you think the St. Louis Blues the player you first think of is Keith Kachuk. Yeah. I also think it depends on the era too, because there's That's so true. many players like the Brett Halls. I would say for St. Louis, I think Chris Pronger. Yeah. Pronger would be a good one. Even Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, Tarasenko too, honestly. Yeah. Alex Petrangelo. Petrangelo, yeah. Although I'm st- when I think Petrangelo nowadays, it's been long enough that I actually do think of him more as a knight. Yeah, which is funny because he hasn't played for the Knights very long. I mean, if you hold a Stanley Cup. <laughs> but <laughs> he won a cup in St. Louis. In St. Louis, yeah. But yeah, it, the Blues, I mean, they're a sneaky team, though. They're one of those teams that where you look through their history of players that played for them, and you're like, that player played for them? This guy played for them? That guy played for them? And really? they didn't win a cup? Yeah, but I mean, it's something we've talked about in the past. I mean, especially in that era of like the Wings, Avs, Stars, St. Louis was right there. But gate kept for eternity. Yep. Yeah. Who would be that team now? Is there a team like that? I, I would have assumed. Okay, I've the got, Rangers. Okay, I have a I have a couple of teams. Nashville was definitely one of them. Yep. You know who was like that for a long time? Washington. Washington, yeah. 
the Leafs are kind of like that too. Just with how good the Atlantic has been. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. Now, speaking about the Toronto Maple Leafs, Tim, now I don't know if you got a chance to see this, but apparently they have removed the song Pursuit of Happiness by Kid Cudi as their goal song following complaints from fans. How long did that take? Like a week? Because I remember they had that big social media campaign to announce it. How many games did that last? Two? Uh, I don't know. What did have they announced what they're changing it back to? I don't know. And I think that's something that I think it's a really interesting thing to talk about because you're seeing teams nowadays, like they're doing just individual goal songs for players. Mm-hmm. Buffalo has been doing it. I know that. Oh God. Who's it? Calgary. I think Calgary was doing it. There's a number. They were, of yeah. te- Sorry. They were. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a number of teams that are going that route. So it's going to be cool if the Leafs do go with just a song for everybody. It's kind of tough because there's there's certainly an audience in that arena when they play. Mm-hmm. But like if Trina and I were talking about this, like the song Pursuit of Happiness, I think it's I find it very cool that the Leafs at least thought outside the box for a goal song. Pursuit of Happiness is not the first song I think of when I think of a goal song. Yeah. Like just reading through I'm not like the biggest kick cutter MGMT guy. Yeah. Reading through the the lyrics, it's like it's kind of depressing. Yeah. Like I'm surprised they picked such a downer song. It is true, but with certain teams, like I understand why they use that. Like I understand why Anaheim uses Broheim by Pennywise. Nashville uses I Like It, I Love It by Tim McGraw. But when you look at the Leafs, number one, I hated the Hall & Oates song they had for them. This is coming from a guy who doesn't mind Hall & Oates. That song do, do, do. sucks. I'm sorry. Do, 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 do. The problem is, is like, I forget where I saw it. And uh, it's a good thing we have the explicit rating for this show. Yep. Because whenever I hear that Hall & Oates song, you make my dreams come true. It's like, you know how it was like, what you got is too hot to handle. Yeah. In my brain, it always just short, short circuits to, you're a cunt. <laughs> I, I like the song. It's a good goal song. Like, it works as a goal song. Like, if you just play it from the beginning. But it's just like... I was eh, never a fan. Fair. But it's, <laughs> my brain's been broken by Twitter. Where it's just like, you're a cunt. Do, 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 do. No, it just cuts. Yeah. You're cut. Boom. God, that's awful. But you know what? I'm, I'm going to have to find that for you so you can put it into the episode. And people are just going to think I'm some sort of nutter. Okay, you know what? I'm going to use a pause right here. And I'm going to splice this in. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. spliced it in honestly yeah i think it's okay if i'm being perfectly honest for pursuit of happiness but i'm okay like i said i'm okay with teams thinking outside the box i'm okay with individual goal songs 
I know a lot of people give song two shit as much as I love that song. It's, I I agree. I think it's getting a bit tiring, if I'm being honest. I think it would be great if we used it for the playoffs. Like, hell, if you ask the Sens players individual goal songs, Brady would be Mr. Brightside. Yeah. I don't know. There's something cool about the team-wide goal song, though. Yeah. But I think with song two, it's been overused. I, I want to see, like... Alex Marchand come up with something completely out of left field challenge. Hey, he used my suggestion of using the Golden Eye Pause music for the... Or like the Mortal Kombat theme. <laughs> That'd be amazing. No, that'd be our power play song. The system is down from Homestar Runner. <laughs> the system is down. The system is down. And just blast that as the goal song. How can you tell what I'm tired right now? Because I'm <laughs> thinking this. Just accepting these absolutely yeah. off the wall ideas. It's pretty good, though. It's pretty. But yeah. That's uh, what we're doing. Yes, we are. Now we're going to close off top of the hour because it is a shorter top of the hour. But talking about the Ottawa Senators, because tomorrow's game sends versus Sabres. The Ottawa Senators are officially going to be retiring Craig Anderson. One day contract. Yeah, and it's he's been the best goalie in Senators history, at least by the counting stats. So it's good to see him retired that way. And it's interesting that he will be working with Buffalo as a goaltending advisor going forward. So it'd be good to see him in and stay him stay in and around the game. Absolutely. And if he ever loses his job in Buffalo. Michael Anlauer can always just bring him home. Yep. Yeah. And the Sens have been doing a fantastic job of bringing guys back. We talked about it last episode with uh, that home opening game where Alfredson was back. Yeah, or even if you saw Mark Mathot's tweet, because I guess the Sens were missing a couple guys in practice, and like, and Mark's like, well, what, what about me? He says, yeah, come on down. DJ supposedly, yeah, come on down, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just really nice to see a lot of the guys who have been around the team come back to be around the team like i just love this sort of thing the vibes are immaculate and i love it oh yeah do you want to talk can i talk about a place where the vibes weren't immaculate sure no i do gotta ask though tim do you have any questions not question do you have any stories you want to add to top of the hour this doesn't count but it's funny okay so for whatever reason i've decided like in my brain michigan state is just a clown school so michigan state doing the usual dumb stuff they did they have a trivia program and uh, the trivia program had this wonderful question about the birthplace of adolf hitler and uh when when it cycled through the answer they just put this giant picture of hitler on the arena jumbotron that people could see driving by the arena <laughs> this is why michigan state's not taken seriously Michigan State has apologized, said we use a third party that we don't vet. We'll vet the questions we get in the future after displaying a giant photo of Hitler. <laughs> you sent me that and I just started laughing. All I thought of was there's a super underrated moment from The Simpsons that actually a lot of people don't talk about nowadays because it's from like, I think, second or third season. They have a thing of like... Uh, what's the capital of North Dakota? And Homer yells out Hitler. I love that. He's like, North Dakota, <laughs> Hitler. 
Hitler, North Dakota. It, it, it was Bismarck. Yeah, which is so much funnier. <laughs> Don't give North Dakota any ideas, though. They might do it one day. Oh, good Lord. This is the kind of episode you're getting, folks. And then you know what? And we're here for it, buddy. Seven seasons in and you're still listening to us, so. <laughs> Hitler. Hitler, North Dakota? Oh, my gosh. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, Tim, that wraps up Top of the Hour for this week. Which Chameleon will win. Bang. It's time to talk about some games. Now, we got two games on the board. We've got the Capitals versus the Senators and the return of Alex Dabrinka into Ottawa with the Red, Red Wings versus the Senators. But before we do that, let's hit the music. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> okay, Tim, let's start talking about the Capitals versus the Senators. This is a 6-1 to one Senators victory. John Carlson got the lone Caps goal. Sens goals are scored by Josh Norris with two. Vladimir Tarasenko. Artem Zub, Claude Giroux, and Jake Sanderson. Shots were 29-24 for the Senators. It is very fitting, Tim, that we use the Hitler North Dakota joke right at the closing end of top of the hour. Because you know it's the clip that we're gonna be first time using it this season. Stop! Stop! He's already dead. Yeah, not not the best showing we've seen from the Capitals and maybe not even the best showing from them this season. They look disjoint. Whatever shots they did get were because the Ottawa Senators had gotten bored and stopped skating. It was a weird game to watch. Yeah. I mean, it's such a weird game when Alex Ovechkin is held to zero shots for the first time. Yeah. And like not even he missed the net a couple times. That's it. Mm-hmm. you know it really is sad when you see teams like washington who were so dominant for so long and now they're transitioning into being a full-on rebuilding team again it's tough but like they had their success and that's just kind of the arc of every team in the nhl right yeah. and ottawa's on the opposite side of that arc now yes we are yes we are now a really cool moment from this game, Tim, and it's something that I actually completely forgot about to put in my notes until we jumped on this evening. Nicholas Backstrom played his 11th hundred game in this one. Talking about old teams, Nicholas Backstrom beat that deep into an NHL career just doesn't doesn't really compute, does it? No. Now I got a question to ask. You know how in a previous generation, Ray Whitney was one of these guys who played like over a thousand games, had a lot of success, but went so far under the radar. People tend to forget about him. Is this Nicholas Backstrom in this generation? I think outside of Washington, yes. But that insurance commercial begs to differ. Yeah. What? Why, why is Nicholas Backstrom on the insurance policy? What if I get injured and he has no one to feed his sick passes to? Yeah, what if? Remember that one time we did the episode in the Angel commercials and we just sat here watching commercials for like an hour? They were good. They were so good. And we were just having so many memories of a time when the NHL actually put effort into their commercials. 
That commercial I'm referring to was like last year. I know, but it's so rare that the NHL commercials are like memorable anymore. That's true. Because remember when, they, when we first came out of the lockout of 0405, how great that era of commercials were? Yeah, like the Ovechkin in the locker. Yeah. Or uh, he's like, honey, why is Peter Forsberg in our bed? Oh, he's just here to remind us that the season started. Hey, Peter, can you get the light? Sure. Smash breaks the window with a stick or yeah, breaks no. the lamp. Good stuff. Getting back to the game, though, it was definitely a game where Ottawa dominated and all the bounces were going Ottawa's way. Yeah. It was good to see that Ottawa put away a team they really should have put away. Yeah, and it really helped that they had Josh Norris back for the first time, and he looked fantastic with two goals. Yeah, and they were nice markers, too. Yeah. And one of them, of course, comes from the Norris wheelhouse, and a beautiful power play marker, too. So it was good to see him hit the ground running. Yeah, and even Claude Giroux had a really nice goal in this one, and that goal totally gave me, still got it. Oh, for sure. Give me that kind it of energy. The unfortunate thing, Zub gets hit in the face with a puck by Ovechkin and is knocked out of the next two couple games. It doesn't yeah. seem to be serious, which is nice, but I think Ottawa definitely misses Artem Zub. Yeah, but I think I saw a tweet that today talking about this where it's like the Sens had this record before Zub's injury comes back and they have a losing record. Yeah. Hopefully that doesn't happen this time. Hopefully, yeah. Knock on wood. Although, credit to Artem Zoo for taking a puck to the face from Ovechkin and being like, yeah, it hurts. I'm fine, Dad. Yeah, because what happens if he took a full-on slap shot? Remember what that freaking five-wood curve he's got? Five-wood? <laughs> oh, that's wild. Oh, I've seen the Ovechkin curves. They are insane. Like It is like a, a wedge. Mm-hmm. It's a full-on wedge. It's insane. Do you want to talk about the most frustrating game that we've watched as Sense fans in recent memory? Well, I know a lot of Senators fans get a chance to watch it. I unfortunately only got a chance to watch nine or so minutes of the game. But let's move on to talk about the second and final game of the evening. Red Wings versus Senators. This is a 5-2 to two Red Wings victory. Wings goals are scored by Joe Villano with two, Shane Gottespear, David Perron. There's a name I completely forgot he's still in the NHL. And Dylan Larkin. Sense goals scored by Jake Sanderson and Ridley Gregg. Shots for 37-23 for the Sens. The return of Alex to Brinkett. Got booed from the crowd and a little scrum in the first period. The look on Brady's face. Not happy. Apparently he made some comment about his wedding. Probably like, I invited you my wedding. <laughs> like, I invited you my wedding, you bastard. The game was very frustrating to watch because Ottawa dominated Detroit for all the entire game, except for the beginning of the second. Mm -hmm. But Corpus Allo couldn't bail the Senators out when they needed him. And every mistake Ottawa made ended up in the back of the net. Yeah. And I know you and I were talking about this game because I was reading some of the reactions on Twitter and you says, this is a total bullshit game. Like, there was so many chintzy calls. Like, yeah. So, the first power play that got Detroit back into the game, clean check by Ridley Gregg, called by the back referee. Like, just chintzy bullshit. 
And admittedly, the the refs missed a ton, and it was makeup games, makeup call city. Like it was a game that they'd lost control of and then chintzed their way back into. This is also a game that Ottawa really should have won. The chances that especially Ridley Gregg and Tarasenko had were it was quality over quality, and Vili Huso put on a clinic. Mm-hmm. No, he did. I got a chance to watch some of the clips after it, it ended and all that stuff. Like I said, I was on the ferry on that Saturday heading down to Seattle. But yeah, I got really nothing to comment on this game though. I do got but, one story to tell, but I'll but I'll say that after you're done. The hard thing is is there was at least two or three goals that Corpusalo definitely wanted back. Because mm-hmm. they just weren't they was like Corpusalo wasn't tight to the post when he needed to be on two of them. And that's the difference between Ottawa being in the game and Ottawa not being in a game that they were in the driver's seat for the whole game. And what's weird for this game is I feel like it's a loss that Ottawa doesn't have to be super worried about Mm -hmm. because Detroit looked like fucking ass. And then Detroit looked, did the same thing to Calgary last the night after where they beat Calgary 6-2 to two because Dan Vladar posts a .75. Like, this this Detroit team isn't good. They got dominated by an anemic Calgary and just PDO'd their way to victory. This is... Honestly, this team reminds me of the 2013-2014 Maple Leafs. Sorry, no, the 14-15 Maple Leafs, where they had crazy pdo to begin the season and then just fell off yeah but you know what the credit that Alex to bring it i mean as much as we sends fans are hating on him on twitter the fact is he has come right out of the gate so well for detroit true good on him it's not gonna last and i say this as someone who has to prink it in their hockey pool yeah you know what those I, w- I want to make one comment about Debrinket. With all the people on social media talking about him, honestly, to me, the relationship between the Sens fans and Debrinket right now, it's almost like we are... Say if this was like a relationship. Yeah, yeah. We have the one person in the relationship who can't stop thinking about the other person, and that person couldn't have given a shit about us. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's what's frustrating about the whole situation. Although it's funny because uh, during the first period when they put the welcome back Alex on the video trod, they have the camera on Alex to bring it and yeah. he's laughing and they're like, oh, and people are like, oh, what a dick. And then in the second intermission, they have to bring it on for the interview and to bring it's like, yeah, but the reason I was laughing is I looked, I saw the crowd, like I heard the crowd booing and I looked over at Shabbat. And Shabbat was making funny faces at me. So I started laughing. <laughs> so he still has some buddies on the sentences. Yeah. Like, Brady's not one of them. Brady's not one of them. But that it's funny. It's like have... Shabbat's making faces at me. Oh my God. That comment that DeBrinket made, like he wasn't fully given it his all. That must have pissed Brady off something. Yeah, that's such a dickish comment, honestly. Yeah. Like it's a comment that it's not even an, an, an unfortunate comment. It's a comment that you straight up should not have just said. Yeah, like, yeah, there's nothing good about that one. Like if you if he just came up and said, listen, I went to Ottawa, played the one year, it didn't work out, we moved on. Yeah. 
I, I as a sense fan, and I don't, and I feel you feel probably feel the same way. We could have accepted that. We could have accepted, okay, yep. we had the star player. He came in. He didn't really fit. We moved him out. We got better. And then yep. he comes out and says, yeah, I basically didn't give it my all every night. Yeah. And it's like, no, don't say, don't say things like that. I know. You know? Yep. Yeah. So it's like, I think fans have a reason to be mad when a player comes out and just says something like that. Yeah. But yeah, so it's like some players that I really noticed, uh, Shik- Jacob Shikrin looked great. Uh, I really liked uh, the Norris line and the Grieg line. The Stutz line is having some issues. Yeah, that's something that I think we've noticed over the last couple of games, though, is that Stutzla is getting his chances, but for whatever reason, it's either not going in or he's getting to a point where he can't finish. Well, it's not even really finishing. It's just, it seems like the Stutzla line, Stutz, they're having a hard time establishing themselves in the zone and applying that four trek and pressure that they were so good at last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, like Sean Simpson said, he's trying to force the play. So hopefully, like Tom, Tim Suits was like, it's a passionate player, hard playing, hard nosed. Maybe it's just got to cut up. Just let the game play, you know? Yeah, it's still early. I mean, he'll figure it out. Because I mean, again, what was it last year, the season previous? Remember how slow of a start he had then? And he really yeah. came up. But that and the refs are letting players take liberties with him, which is frustrating. Yeah, it's too like what's it gonna take for either Stutz to get those calls? Is it is Stutz gonna have to turn around when guys are thrown and actually hit him back? Or is yeah. one of these one of the Sens gonna have to try and jump in and help him? I don't know. Well, Tim, I don't do you have any more comments you want to make on this game? No, I think we are good. Okay. I'll tell you well, one more. Jonas Corpusalo can't have any more game. Like his first two game, his first game and this game with the Sens have been pretty disappointing. He's been just okay. And this game was bad. Yeah. It's got to be better than this. It does. But I'll tell you one thing that is really good to close off this episode. Going to the Seahawks game Sunday. So we get into the parking garage across from Lumen Field. And, you know, uh-huh. you see all these people in with their trucks and SUVs and whatever, right? So I come in in my Honda Civic, and I have my parking pass, and I'm sticking my hand out the window going like this, reaching up at the lady. <laughs> and the lady who's the Southern – she's a Southern African-American lady. So she looks at me, she goes, oh, honey, we got to get Yale truck. <laughs> <laughs> it just – it made me laugh. Just a sassy black lady telling me, oh, honey, we need to get you a truck. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, it was good, though. It was good. Well, guys, that wraps up this episode of the Third Line Plug, Sensecast. I hope you've enjoyed it, because believe me, Tim and I love recording it for you. You can find the show on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play, as well as on Twitter at Third Line Plug. You can also find Tim on Twitter at M901HoneyBadger, and I am on Instagram and Twitter at Great White Gipster. So Tim, games of the week. We what got do we got? We've got tomorrow's game versus the Buffalo Sabers, where Craig Anderson will officially retire a senator. Thursday, we travel to Long Island to be the New York Islanders, and Saturday, 
we travel to Pittsburgh to play the Eric Carlson that team has been wild it still hurts my heart that he plays oh, man. Oh, man. have you ever told me six years ago that he'd be playing for Pittsburgh Yeah, I'm not sure I would have relieved it either, to be honest. Until next time, guys. I'm Mr. Gibson. And this has been Tim Jensen. Go Woo!